This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to another episode of Open Floor. I'm Rohan Narkini, joined today by my good friend, Sports Illustrated senior writer and New York Times best-selling author of the book, Blood in the Garden, Chris Herring. Chris, how's it going, my man? What's good, my G? How are you? If I wanted you to text Spike Lee right now and was like, Hey, man, when you put Chea Chea in the opening credits of Inside Man, that was a huge moment for my people. You, I'm not saying I want you to do it, but you could do it, right? I could do it. He probably wouldn't <laughs> respond right away. He's, uh, I'm pretty sure he's, he's working right now. Uh, what day is it? He's, he's probably teaching a class right now. I came out to a class he was teaching at NYU. It was on a Thursday, like right around this time. So <laughs> he's probably in his office right now, getting ready to sit and watch movies with the students. But once he's out, he would get back to me when he could. There we go. I imagine. He put he put like a super popular Hindi song in front of Inside Man. And I went to the theater and I was like, I was, oh. I was like, what's going on? This is crazy. I'm going to watch it again. I, I don't remember. I kind of remember that just very, very <laughs> briefly. But those opening scenes from Inside Man are super yeah. memorable. Uh, I love that movie. And now you're making me want to watch it again. Rips, dude. Yeah, I, I've yeah. rewatched it like three or four times this year, and now it's all I think about when we talk. What's the name other. of the dude that always gets mad when we when we spend the first two minutes of the podcast <laughs> not talking about basketball? Daryl Swenson. Yeah, Darryl's he's gonna like right pimp slap you at some yeah. point, like guaranteed. <laughs> like he comes across you on the street, like guaranteed, <laughs> or me for that matter. Yeah, <laughs> probably more you're, likely me. Yeah. Um. Chris, I know that we there's a lot of basketball stuff we want to get to today. Just want to shout out your Michigan Wolverines. Speaking of pimp slaps, um, just absolutely taking it to Ohio State in Columbus. Nothing is better than beating your rival on the road. Like it, it's cool when you're at home and you get to see it, but on the road, just absolutely thrilling. I cannot even imagine how just disgustingly buck you were getting in New Orleans watching that game. Man, my girlfriend and I, shout out to her for, <laughs> you know, like getting ready 
pretty early that day. We were sleeping in after, uh, you know, after that Friday night. And, uh, you know, it was pouring rain in New Orleans. So it was like, okay, how do we dress for this? And also it was like, all right, so you're getting ready. And, you know, women oftentimes, I won't say all the time, but oftentimes take their time getting ready. Um, So she's (laughs) like, all right, I'll be ready by 11. I'm like, can you be ready by like 1045 so that we can like get somewhere by the time the game starts. And then I'm trying to think like which places will have TVs, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, there aren't like a ton of sports bars. There are obviously places you can go, but you want to be somewhere that you could sit for like three and a half hours. Right. For right, a game, right. not just like a horrible place. And French quarter is not always spelling the greatest. So anyway, um, the only place I knew of was a place that we had brunch earlier in the week. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go back there. If it means we have to have the same meal twice, whatever. Uh, and we went and I was acting an entire fool because the thing <laughs> is, no one expected Michigan. Like maybe some people thought or expected that they could win, but not by 22 points on the road with four touchdowns of 45 yards or more, three of whatever it was, 65 or more. Um, I will say this, though. I'm extremely proud of them, happy for them, was giving thought to going to the title game this week, the conference title game this weekend in Indianapolis. Um Literally two minutes before this podcast, there's a story breaking about one of their star players, a guy that will get drafted, presumably, who apparently got arrested in October and there was just no news of it. And maybe it was sealed and he did not sit out any games, which it's really difficult. I'll say this and then I'll like log off. But as I was reading that, I'm just thinking about like how Michigan football, along with maybe Jesus and Merrill while they lasted, were like the only two things that I felt like unbridled joy about <laughs> from like a fandom standpoint and how much it sucks, even with that, just like to you want to have like a moral faith and belief and ethical mm-hmm. faith and belief in things. And it's like even football obviously football but like even the thing you know i have one or two things in my life that i'm like that about outside of my family outside of the people i care most about and it's like those things will occasionally let you down too and it really sucks even from a high like that it's like should this guy even be playing on felony gun charges um and the answer is probably no obviously innocent until proven guilty but it's pretty frustrating to read that um which all you know obviously allows people to call into question the character of the program the coaches the people that run the school all sorts of stuff that like michigan's coach was sitting there calling for michigan state's players to be essentially charged yeah and they did get charged in big numbers i think seven of them you have someone on your own roster that had felony gun charges and you didn't sit him out at all not even once this happened the day before a game in october um, so it just it's a bad look. Anyway, frustrated about that. But yeah. anyway, let's move on before what's I'll, his name I slaps know, us I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you gotta get it off your chest. Listen, anytime you peel back the layers of something like college athletics, there's often not a lot of good <laughs> things. A lot of rotten um, things in there. Yeah, going on. But um a lot I want to get to on today's show. I want to start talking about a team that you and I actually both incidentally wrote about this week. We didn't talk about this. You wrote about them in your newsletter, which I deeply encourage everyone to subscribe to, The Playmaker. I I literally, like, it comes in my inbox, and I'm like, hell yeah, new herring just dropped. Um, Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. you. Um, you wrote about the Miami Heat. You wrote about them being kind of one of the more confounding teams so far this season. Um, 
I had a story come out yesterday that I really hope everyone gets a chance to check out before the season. Flew down to Miami to interview Bam out of Bio and yes, Eric sir. Smolstra and Udonis Haslam just about kind of the expectations for Bam this season and the pressure that's put on him from the outside to kind of be a better scorer. Um, you know, the gist of the story is Bam does everything for the Heat. It's not just scoring. At the same time, he he has worked on that part of his game, and I think he's becoming kind of the player people are hoping for him to be, which is just a consistent 20-point-a-night guy last night against Boston. And what was kind of a crazy game, uh, considering the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler, high-scoring game, another 20-point effort for Adebayo, who played really well, particularly in the first half. Um, I want to start here with the Heat. Again, we haven't really talked much about them this year. I talked about them a little bit before the season started about how I was just disappointed in their offseason. They didn't really do much. They stood mostly pat as other teams in the East have seemingly passed them by. We've seen that to an extent so far this season. Cleveland's been really good. Philly's also been dealing with injuries, but they're ahead of Miami in the standings. Obviously, we have Cleveland and Boston as well. Um... What have you made of their season so far, Herring? Do you feel like it's this is an injury-ridden team that just needs Jimmy Butler to come back, or are you like just uh, I'm kind of over this whole era? Um, I, I think that they look. I'm I'm holding out hope, expectations, whatever you want to call it, until Butler's back. I mean, the the numbers. Mm-hmm. Granted, at this point, he's only played about half. I guess maybe 20, you know, 60% of the season, 55% of the season. Um, their offense has been great when he's there. It's been really, really, really bad, like worst yep. in the NBA bad when he's not on the court. So that's concerning, not just because, you know, for the obvious reasons, but also like he's not going to play 48 minutes a game for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my highest hope for them if and when Butler's not there, as, as it all often is with, with teams, I'm, I have the same hope for Minnesota now that Towns is going to miss considerable time. It gives other guys a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. But I do worry, as I always do, with, with Miami-type teams that play the way they play, that guys are potentially going to get hurt. Kyle Lowry, in particular, with all the minutes he's playing, uh, I worry about um, at age 36. So, you know, I... I, I see room and I see certain guys growing. Caleb Martin is, is among those guys putting the ball on the floor more. Um, his scoring has been up lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bam has certainly taken, you know, a, a step forward as far as his aggression and that little kind of flippy floater jumper that he takes from right at the top of the paint. That looks really good for him. Um, but look, if Butler were to miss considerable time this year, like going forward, they're not doing anything like this team doesn't have enough offense. It's very clear that they don't. Um, They, they get exploited defensively when they're in anything other than a zone, Um, which is leading to them playing the most zone we've essentially ever seen in our lifetime, or at least, you know, in modern, you know, modern times since you and I have been covering the league. Yeah. uh, They're just getting slapped up uh, relentlessly. Some of that has to do with their switching. So I I don't trust this team a whole lot without Jimmy. Even with Jimmy, I think that there are some things they need to figure out defensively. Um, maybe they'd be better at point of attack. Maybe they could play man more often with Jimmy there. But there's some stuff that I don't see him fixing, quite frankly. And, um, you know, he's a great, great player. But, like, if they're expecting him to fix all the 
this. And I can't imagine that that's the hope even like, I don't even think Eric Spolster has that expectation. So there's some stuff that's wrong with them beyond Jimmy Butler that, um, you know, I'm not used to having to say that about a Miami heat team, certainly not a Miami heat defense. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, their half court offense last year was a slog. I don't think anyone expected it to be better this year, but you know, they won a lot of games last year, even when Jimmy was hurt, Bam was hurt. They had a incredible three-point shooting stretch last year in like December, January. Their three-point shooting, they led the league in percentage last year. They've kind of fallen off a cliff there. Tyler Hero, who's had his own injury issues, like Hero has been weird. I think he was like shooting under 30% on catch-and-shoot threes, which is Mm -hmm. kind of shocking. Like I know that there's a lot of discussion, and I've made a lot of jokes about Hero on this podcast, but that's an area of his game that's never been an issue. I mean, the guy can shoot. Um, and if things there's like only that, one thing he can do, yeah. it's normally going to be that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, I, I follow team pretty closely. I'm, fr- I'm from South Florida. We haven't made any <laughs> – we haven't hid that on this podcast. <laughs> Something that's that's crazy to me about the Heat, you mentioned the amount of zone. It's a double-edged sword. On one hand, you know, up until this Boston game Wednesday night, they had crept up top 10 defensively. They were. As you mentioned, playing a ton of zone. Like It's been incredibly um, effective. Cooper Moorhead, who, who works for the team – uh, writes about the heat. He does a fantastic job. He's Almost great. after, I love Coop, man. And after every game, he'll basically um, tweet out the points for possession versus the zone versus man. And every night, the zone is is frankly dominant. But you yep. mentioned it, the fact that they can't play man, it's like sometimes I watch the team and I I respect Spo and it it shows his competitiveness that he's willing to play zone as much as he is. Like he literally is like. Whatever it takes to win a single game, I am going to do it. Whatever mm-hmm. strategy thing it is. But you watch them and you're like, how is it that a team with Bam Adebayo, with Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. with Caleb Martin is is so theoretically weak defensively at these other spots that they're playing this much zone? It's like, think about a team like the Houston Rockets or the Detroit Pistons, like, or the Denver Nuggets. I mean, granted, these teams, I guess they don't have good defenses, but like the idea that the Heat are, their personnel is so bad that they can't man up is it's kind of crazy to me. It's like you watch the games yeah. and it's like, you can't wait. You really can't play man defense? Like that's how bad it's gotten? Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, because I understand it theoretically – if you've got your whole roster there and, and and also let's be honest, like they were struggling on defense more before they resorted to going to zone and they're going mm-hmm. for clarity. They're going zone 30% of the time. Yeah. The next closest team mo- as recently as I look was Portland, which was going zone they, 16% of the time. Yeah, They are a is, zone team. Like they are a zone team. Like they're playing zone at times half the game. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and like you alluded to, the numbers are so stark. They're basically like a top three or four defense in the league when on zone possessions. They're like a bottom two or three defense in the league when they play man. So that's the challenge here. You would think that you could get away with playing man more frequently because of Bam. Um, I This morning, as I knew we were going to podcast about Miami, was thinking like how aggressively highly in the – you know, the defensive player of the year conversation, can you have someone like Bam if you can't play man and, like, succeed playing man? 
you you've got to play some man like even just to kind of make the impact a lot of times that you want a player like that to make you have to play man and the truth is i think teams are excited when the heat play man because you're going to switch you're going to have to switch to just avoid guys taking advantage of some of the guys defensively with Miami. So Bam ends up kind of switched on to somebody else and it leaves, you know, if he's at the top of the key, um, it, it, it leaves the backside wide open and nobody is really afraid of anybody else on their defense to try to shoot over. Um, so it, that causes problems, but still, for a team that hasn't even necessarily had Duncan Robinson out there a whole lot, Heroes missed, what, eight, nine games? Uh, Robinson's missed the last, like, six or seven. The guys that would be easiest to pick on on this defense have not even been fully healthy. So, like, that's not – it's not those two guys alone, whereas, like, the last couple of years, you could have kind of pointed to that. Right. Um, Duncan Robinson, even when he does play, is not playing 35 minutes a game. Right. So it's 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 really puzzling. Um you know, I'm making efforts to try to listen to podcasts, read around. It's been really interesting, too, to hear how many people that cover the Heat have kind of felt like uh, maybe Spo's not getting through the way he always has or that guys, like, aren't, you know, I don't know if it's not that they're not playing as hard. It's really interesting, though, because we've seen the Heat land in the top 10 defensively now, I think six out of the last seven years, and maybe they get there this year, but if you have to do it by playing zone almost half the time, it's uh, it's just a weird. I, again, I know Butler's out. I know Butler's a very good defender. I know that certain things can and will improve in some ways, but uh, it's it's really strange. It's it's just an unusual sort of problem to see for the Heat. It 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 is. It's just it's a weird team. It's a really weird team. I mean, Haywood Highsmith, the roller coaster Heat fans have been on with Haywood Highsmith, who hit a bunch <laughs> of shots last night and for a time was looking like the worst offensive rotational player in the NBA. Um, Drew Smith is playing major minutes in a game against the Hawks, like getting fourth quarter minutes. He's a two-way guy. Udonis Haslam plays last night. Um, Gabe Vincent, who's a really important reserve for them, has missed a bunch of time. He finally came back right. in the Boston game. So it's really just been a cobble-together team. I do think Jimmy helps a lot. You know, I think one thing Heat fans would point to, it's like Jimmy Butler, Caleb, Martin, and Bam Adebayo, that trio – you know, there was a lot of focus on Caleb Martin this year. He's kind of the P.J. Tucker replacement. He's been really fantastic, and you mentioned the opportunity for him to grow. I think he was really seized these last couple of weeks without Butler and has become – you can see the growth of him as a player. You mentioned off the ball, transition. The Butler out of bio Jimmy Trio has been really good. I think they're like a plus 17 net. That's a positive. You look at that and say that's really good. On the other hand, it's like – yeah, most teams, even the bad ones, have like a good trio. <laughs> like your best right. players should play <laughs> really well together. Um, Bulls, but yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> exactly. I feel like everybody, a rare our friend, er, er, <laughs> former friend of the pod, Michael yeah, Pina. Former uh, emphasis on former took a sledgehammer to the Bulls. Like I think he Ooh. was a little overly critical in spots, but like by and large. And I mean, people have been saying it, other prominent podcasters have been saying it. If you can't perform well with your three best guys, which, you know, granted, like the Lakers are obviously another team that has had this conversation. Stuff has looked better lately. But like you really don't have much chance at contending for anything and and probably even comfortably contending for a playoff spot if your best three guys cannot play together or don't play well together. So, you know, Miami... 
when they're whole, if they were to still be struggling this way, um, you know, Spo, to, to give you a sense of what it's been up until recently. And I also mentioned this. They've had of their last 17 games now. They've, like, lost two and then come back and won two. Yeah, they've been really streaky. Won mm-hmm. three and then, you know, lost three, you know, lost three and then won four. Um, it's been like that now for 17 games in a row. I don't think that they've had, you know, like that they've traded off games one and then the other mm-hmm. one result and then the other. Uh, so stuff will level out, but I mean, it, it, it's a little bit crazy, even with all the injuries and everything to hear about Spo having his first, you know, Oh, and four, four road four trip road trip yeah. as, as, as coach. It's, it's really weird to see them be a team that is one of the three or four worst at guarding man, you know, and man, uh, the offense is really bad, which, uh, is granted again with Butler, but they did plug Tyler hero into their starting lineup to give them more of an offensive punch. So it's, uh, it's been a weird year and, uh, stuff will level out a little bit, but I, even if Butler's really good, which I imagine he will be if, and when he, you know, comes back and he's healthy. Um, but I, I would caution against the idea of thinking that like he's a fix all. I, I don't think he is. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You know, you mentioned the man thing. It is interesting, and you you touched on this. I wrote about this. Part of the thing is you mentioned they switched so much they kind of had to get away from that to keep Bam involved defensively. Teams have gotten really smart about getting Bam out of the play. You see perimeter scorers going away from him, not calling him into switches. If they get Bam on a switch, they go elsewhere with the ball. One thing that the zone has done is it keeps Bam in the paint. Um, It keeps him engaged defensively. They started to mix in a little bit right before Jimmy got hurt, mixing in some drop. They were playing drop 
um, against the Suns, which was a nice win for them, and it looked like it could have been a turning point. Then they go on this road trip without Butler, and kind of the whole team falls apart. So it's interesting. I I do think they they seem to be competing. I mean, they're 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 also in a ton of close games. They lead the league in clutch games. Yes. Yeah. Good to point you know, out. Yeah, they're ten and twelve, and like I think they're close to five hundred in clutch games. And that's typically how it should be. But you look at, you know, if they sneak out that overtime win against the Wizards or that Wolves game is really close, like they have a couple games that, you know, with really barren squads, you mm-hmm. know, we're talking playing mo- the majority undrafted and two-way players. If they squeak out a couple of those, I think the whole tenor of the season looks different. You're looking at, yes. oh, the Heat are 12 and 10, but they've missed Jimmy for all this time. So right. It's a very good point. Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting, by the way. I mentioned this in my piece that, uh, I mean, as of right now, and I again, I haven't looked at certain stuff in the last day mm-hmm. or two since I wrote that piece, but um, the fact that the Heat now are 2-9, and nine, I think it is, or 2-8 and eight or whatever it is on the road, and the fact that of the other three finalists, you've obviously got Boston, conference finalists, you've got Boston who's like wrecking the league. But then you've got Golden State, who has a worse road record than yeah. Miami. And um, and obviously you've got Dallas, who also, I think, has a worse road record mm. than Miami. So it's really strange that you've got three contenders, at least from last season, you know, that yeah. literally the conference finalists, and three of them are all like five, six games, seven games under 500 to start a season on the road. Um, three of the last teams to win a road game. Uh, essentially in the NBA. So it's it's been a really strange season. Also, just look at the road records in the league this year. Yeah. You've only got like, what, eight or nine that have winning road records so far. Mm-hmm. Like most teams are just abysmal on the road. Uh, so it's been a very, very, very strange season so far. Yeah, you know, I touched on this in the Monday show. It's just also been a weird season, and I feel like I still have not been able to get my bearings or make sense of what's real or what's not real yet. Right. Um, taking a little bit longer this year it feels like it is it is and you know i i do think the heat generally i don't think they're going to be a great team necessarily i think they'll be pretty good if and when butler returns although you do have to have some fear about that knee holding up the knee that maybe bothered him in the playoffs now 33 yeah he's getting up there but i mean he was having again i think another fantastic season this year before Mm -hmm. the injury um you know he had that great block on devin booker and it really looked like it was going to be kind of that spark plug moment for the team victor oladipo who knows what they can count on from him but Ugh. he's practicing fully now um it's just crazy to think like between the, you know they've already missing yurts they were counting on him oladipo they've had games where they've missed hero vincent robinson jimmy you're like they're down six nba players and it's like <laughs> that washington yeah. game you pointed out they yeah. had seven guys and ran out there with seven suited up seven guys yeah. Played all seven of them and lost by one on the road. Yeah. So it's you're you you raise a good point to say they've had a lot of close games. Um I had the number in my story that they've had they've um had the second most guys like lose games to injury. Yeah. Um I think only Orlando has had more so far. So it's like there there is reason for optimism. I just again think yeah. that you don't want to lean so heavily on Oh, because we were missing this and this that you don't right. have other problems. This team right. has some problems that Spo Miami Spo teams have not really right. had. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they work yeah. their way out of it. And to that point, I want to get to this because I think we both agree like their ceiling is better than what they are now. At the same time, mm-hmm. they're clearly a cut below Boston and Milwaukee. And I think 
we all thought Boston was better than them last year. At the same time, we saw Miami push them in a playoff mm-hmm. series. We saw them push them a little bit Wednesday night, but I think the gap is widened. You know, Miami was, I think, a much more serious threat to make the finals last year than this year, based on what we've seen so far. Um, is there a player, you know, I'm not saying, yeah, let's add Bradley Beal to this team. I'm putting <laughs> you on the spot a little bit here, but okay, is, is there a type of player or a player that you think they can add that could help close the gap a little bit? You know, is it, you know, I like I went on a Heat podcast and I was like, God, they got to be kicking themselves. They didn't like maybe try to figure out a way to get Jeremy Grant in the summer. I mean, every mm, team, every team. He in the looks could great say that, so far. He's yeah. been awesome. But, yeah. is, you know, is there, you know, is does Jay Crowder move the needle? Is there anyone who you think that they can – what's the type of player they should be looking for in your estimation? That That's who I was going to mention. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a Grant or somebody like that over the summer um, would have moved the needle, I think, for a lot of teams. Hell, we've said that about Portland for years now, that, like, that sort right. of player could move the needle for them. And all of a sudden you took Portland and you had a team that was probably not athletic enough, certainly defensively, not long enough. They had to give up a painful piece of their core and, and um, you know, to, to really make that roster look different in CJ McCollum. They finally did it. They went out and got Jeremy Grant and like the whole team looks different. They still have some of the same problems. Uh, anybody that watched them the other night, Saw Anthony Simons just get lit up and and not look have a great game, you know, offensively hit a bunch of threes, but just not, you know, he's not well rounded enough by himself <laughs> um, to run the show all the time, or at least you know defensively. Dame's not great defensively either, but like he's not as porous in some ways. Anyway, Jeremy Grant was a great pickup. I think Crowder gets you back to some of the stuff that you could do. That frankly now is lost with them not having P.J. Tucker. And it's weird to kind of harp on that, given yeah. that P.J. Tucker, you know, it, it, it's you hear... There are t- Twitter accounts dedicated to asking if P.J. Tucker scored tonight. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are probably Twitter accounts dedicated to whether he's shot the ball on given yeah. nights. Like, yeah. he, he took a shot last night, and everybody was like, oh, he took a shot, and then the next time the ball came to him, he was arguably even more wide open than the time before and still found a way to pass it off. So, and, and, and keep in mind, that's for a team that is lacking like two of its three best scores. Okay. Um, so he might not, you know, maybe we're harping too much on like what PJ Tucker was last year. He's starting to get older too, but um, you'd still need somebody with like that rugged nature who can play some four, occasionally some five for you. And, um, yeah. you know, Crowder, I don't know if he's going to play a lot of five, but he could give you some of that rugged four. He's, you know, we all know at this point he's overrated as a shooter, but like he's a good enough shooter. His threat level in the NBA, in terms of the way he's perceived, is good enough to where he could, right. you know, he could help you um, if he's healthy. Uh, so I'm, I'm a, frankly a little bit surprised that no team has really made. I'm sure they made the call, but to yeah. actually do something. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe we're we're harping on this too much, given that Butler's not there. But I do kind of feel like that's an area where they could benefit because they've been playing uh, Jovic and, and a lot of other people that just are, like you were saying about Highsmith, a lot of guys that like are either very young or, or guys that don't really have. Just not ready. They're not ready. They're, they they have right. potential, but they're not ready. 
And they've done yeah. this, you know, I, I kind of get it because Miami, if there's one team in the league that has thrived off that, or not playing guys that aren't ready, but playing guys that have like no NBA seasoning, it's Miami who, if you look back at that game that we're talking about against Washington where they had seven guys, five of them were undrafted, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, these are guys that now have real roles with them, uh, whether we're talking about Struess or Martin or uh, Vincent. So it, it, it They've made it work before, but it's after a while, it's like, how do I put this? If you can kind of rig stuff and kind of jerry-rig stuff in your apartment for long enough, maybe you're going to feel like you don't eventually have to go to the store to buy something. (laughs) But like at some point, you have to buy something because like your stuff is going to fall apart. And particularly if Jimmy Butler's not there. And that's kind of how this feels. Uh when you have to use zone 30% of the time because man is feeling that often. That's kind of how this feels. For sure. Um, I want to move on, but real quick before we do, I just want to ask because, you know, I, I did write about it and I think the one bright spot has been Bam, who's yep. been fantastic. Um, you know, he's turned into a 2010 guy, which I think people have been waiting for and waiting for. The unassisted shots are way up. I mean, I was really surprised to see him have, you know, Anthony Davis, for example, he's more unassisted makes than Anthony Davis, or percentage-wise, wow. more Anthony than Anthony Davis this year. Which, to Anthony Davis's credit, realizing, hey, wait, why am I taking these stupid jumpers when I can dominate in the pick and roll <laughs> and at the free throw line? Right. But, um, you know, we've seen kind of that next offensive evolution for Bam. I had so much fun talking to him. I told him the block on Tatum was one of the best nights of my life. Um, what have you made of his play specifically? I feel like there's always this weird, like, oh, is he good enough to be the second guy on a, on a championship team? And, you know, first of all, he was on a team that made the finals. Last year's team, I don't think it's an indictment of him that they didn't make the NBA finals. Um, And just defensively, everything that he does for the it's, – it's hard to measure the amount of things they ask Bam to do on a given yeah. night. Um, I, I honestly think few players in the NBA are asked to do more, but what do you make of him and kind of the offensive improvement you've seen so far this season? I mean, he's looked solid, and it's crazy because I don't think – like, I'd have to look. I don't think it, it it's clearly, clearly spelled out in, like, the big, bold, traditional counting mm-hmm. stats necessarily. You'd have to watch the games to see where he's taking the shots from, how often he's doing that, some of the moves, the counters mm. – um, and not just that, but I think also recognizing that um, Miami was such a three-point dependent team that frankly hasn't shot well this year. They were at the top of the league in handoffs, you know, handoff efficiency. When you look at guys like Duncan Robinson and all the, you know, all the undrafted mm-hmm. guys we've talked about that really thrive, shoot 35, 40% from three, they just aren't doing that. And so how how much more difficult that theoretically makes Bam's job if those guys aren't hitting shots, he's got way less room to operate with. Not to mention that Butler hasn't been there. Putting up those stats without Butler being there, without Hero playing well, without you know all these things is a huge accomplishment. Um, and it speaks a lot to his aggression, which I think, again, Jimmy, if Jimmy didn't play another game this year, they wouldn't go very far. But uh, I do think that it would, you know, his progression is probably the best thing to come out of this yeah. for the team. And I actually think for other guys, too, as I was saying earlier, yeah. but but mostly for Bam, because I actually think some of what he's doing, it's not even necessarily like, 
you know, could he be a second guy on a championship team? At some point, you know, he's young enough where he could still develop into like the best scorer yeah. on that sort of team, just with a different collection of players and yeah. a team that, you know, that had a little bit more offense around it. That's how he's starting to look to me, which maybe that's overstating it just a little bit, but he's he's that good. He has that no much keep talent. going. Keep going. <laughs> I just I just want to say and also I love Bam. I love the competitiveness, man, and, and talking to you know, I told you the story and I'll just when I interviewed Eric Swolser for this story, he made it very clear that he was like, not a lot of people get it with Bam. And it's just, it's the franchise is very protective of him because I think they see like the people focus so much on his scoring and the point they try to get across is just mm-hmm. how important he is. I love Bam. I love my, I love how much the disdain he has for the Celtics. He told me, you know, before game three of the Eastern Conference Finals, he had one of the best games of his career. He was like, I don't know if it was all the bleeping green, but I was pissed. Like, uh, <laughs> just last night he gets the tech, or anyway, he got night, ejected. He gets the tech at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. He said um, he called the refs decorum unprofessional. So he's, act- yeah. but this is good. He's acting like a number one guy. Uh, I always tell this story. This is show on Netflix called Sacred Games, and it's a it's a Hindi TV show, and the bad guy in it is this Indian guy, and he's like a gold pistol, and he's like a drug dealer, and I'm like, they've never let us do this on TV before. This is sick. He's acting the part. Bam is acting the part this year, and I really, I really enjoy that. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Before uh, we get out of here today, there's one more uh, team I'd like to talk about. This is a team... Both of us have written about a lot the last couple years, a team that I also wrote about this week. So just, I'm just, I realize I'm just plugging my stories today. I appreciate Aaron humoring me. Go with it. Go with it. <laughs> um, 
But I wrote, uh, I reported this story last month about the Denver Nuggets. And I just, I thought the moves they made in the offseason, bringing in Bruce Brown, bringing in KCP, were, were home run moves. And I was excited to write this piece because they've worked. Like, KCP is, do you know what, what his three-point percentage is? I don't think you'd get know the exact number off the top of your head, but you want to take a guess? Uh-uh. I, I actually don't know. And I... 49.5. I was gonna guess like forty two, but he is wow. He's basically all, doing what Herder was doing yeah, that we talked about yeah. last time. Yeah, wow. He is shooting almost fifty percent from three. Bruce Brown, I dude, contenders should have been lining up to sign Bruce Brown in the summer, and I think teams reached out, but he should have been a priority for teams like the Lakers, the Warriors. I mean, you name it. The He's Nets. Shooting, yeah, Sorry. the Nets. Oh my, no, it's true. <laughs> You know, everyone yeah. thought his three-point shooting, he's getting wide-open shots. It's a fluke. This year, high, higher volume, over three attempts a game, still shooting 40% from three. He's shooting exactly the same as last year, 404 yep. versus 403. Yeah. And I could tell he was excited when I talked to him. He's like, I get to play guard again. You know, he said he said that to me in October. This week he said, I'm sending a message to a lot of NBA GMs that I could play guard. I've already seen chatter, you know, local Denver riders, shout out to Mike Singer. <laughs> they're worried they're not going to keep Bruce Brown past this year. They think he's already outplayed his contract. He is a player option. He has an Michael, option. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, Michael Malone called him a foxhole guy. Like, they love him. Their starting lineup, this is really where it gets interesting, Herring. Their starting lineup. Out of all lineups that have played 170 minutes together so far this season, the Nuggets starting five is the best defensive rating in the NBA. Yep. Of 170 minute of 170 minutes. A little shocking, lineups. right? Yeah. The second best um net rating overall behind only the Warriors starting five. You know, the defense overall still frankly hasn't been very good. It's good enough with Jokic on the floor. Um, I think part of that has to do with you know, figuring out the right lineups. I think Jamal Murray's been a step slow. I think as he improves, their defense is going to improve across multiple lineups. But I was big on these moves. They're second um, in the West, one game out of first place. I believe they're number seven in net rating. The West is weird. I mean, we've talked about them quite a bit, but the top of the West especially still does not make a lot of sense. Where do you where do you feel the Nuggets fit into that hierarchy? Do you think this is the Joker's best chance to make the finals? Um, I'm gonna say yes. Actually, that's a good framing of the question. I'm gonna say yes, partly because they, the numbers kind of show that, but I'm gonna say more so because there's not like another clear cut team outside of maybe Phoenix who obvious for obvious reasons we don't trust phoenix that much just yet <laughs> uh you know it's hard to trust anything that you know does what they did in, in game seven last year so i'm gonna say yes based on that I'm, I'm gonna say that i've still got plenty of questions for them um i'm gonna say that they need to be really serious about the idea of trying to make a move to bolster the roster further um to take advantage of the fact that there's no reason they shouldn't finish as a top two seed in the West. I understand the seeding isn't everything. I understand that, you know, Golden State could make it as a plan and, and they would still be, you know, one of the teams that everybody's afraid of here or thinking about in the back of their mind after last year. Um, it's going to be a weird year, though, based on the standings where if Kawhi and Paul George start playing every night once the playoffs hit and mm -hmm. the Clippers roll guys kind of find a rhythm. Um, 
all of a sudden the, the seeding stuff doesn't matter much. But I will say that the Nuggets have the stuff. They they certainly yeah, are going to have enough offense. They've beaten Kawhi PG before. Right. They they have more than enough offense to do it. And that's, again, with certain guys knocking off the rust mm-hmm. and, and really starting to look that way too, by the way. Um, the defense is, is putting up good enough numbers. I, I There are certain things that I think there are certain matchups that are much better for the Nuggets that even at full strength, I don't love them against Golden State. Um, yeah. You know, maybe maybe Golden State's changes will make it a little bit easier for the Nuggets, and 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 the Nuggets' changes maybe make it a little bit easier for them to compete in a series like that. But uh, there there is like a move or two I'd like to see them make that I think would bolster them a little bit before we, you know, we talk about them as the team out of the West or one of the teams out of the West. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I do think that they are better equipped than ever before. I I straight up asked Bruce Brown. I was like, you know, I remember the Rockets a few years ago built their entire team around mm. defending the Warriors. Do you think you need to do something the same? Something similar. And he was and they were playing the Warriors that night, I believe. And he's like, you know, we're not there yet. That's not really our goal. Like we want to, you know, they're a new team. They kind of Good uh, answer, Bruce. You you yeah. do remember him uh was it it was was it last year? Against the Celtics, yeah. It was this summer the where he wildest said, answer I've it. ever that heard a role player give. Crazy. I love it. I loved it. He was I loved like, it. Yeah, Shout they out got to Bruce Robert, Robert Williams to out. We we're gonna take advantage now. <laughs> what, fam? Shut up. You like you don't you don't get to say that. Jokic wouldn't get to say that. You don't get to say yeah. it. KD and I think KD even said right after he's like, fam, hush. Yeah. Uh yeah. So yeah. I mean, shout out to him taking yeah. the not the high road, but giving the the a little the, more diplomatic right answer. answer. But, but he's right though that they yeah. should wait, you know, a yeah, little bit. But 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 point being, I you know they beat Golden State in the second game of the season without Jamal Murray. Bruce Brown started that game. I do think they have more guys to throw at Steph now. They're they're better. You know those three guard lineups absolutely blitz Denver. They haven't mm-hmm. been as good for Golden State this year, but gold, the Nuggets themselves are better equipped to deal with those kinds of groups because of Bruce Brown, because of KCP in a way that they weren't in years before. And, I mean, you mentioned a team like the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers are certainly going to be an easy out. I think they could certainly beat the Nuggets in a playoff series. I do think Denver, again, is the best position they've been to deal with a team like the Clippers. You know, the fact that they can play Brown, Aaron Gordon, and KCP together on the wing now, I think is going to make a significant difference for them. Come playoff time, even if that group defensively has not been great so far this season, I still think it has potential in a playoff series. It's interesting... You know, the, part of my framing going to the story was Jokic has won MVP two times in a row. The only guy to have won, other player to have won at least two MVPs and never make the finals is Steve Nash. Um, mm. Think about guys like Giannis, LeBron, around this age. They're all either making and or winning titles. Right. Um, you know, Calvin Booth told me, he's like, I'm not necessarily feeling that pressure. I think, you know, the players have a more difficult job than I do. But I do think that they kind of... And so far, they are doing it. Take advantage of the fact that they have a talent like Jokic. You mentioned that you think they're still a move away. What, what kind of what do you what do you see? What do you feel like maybe they're lacking still? You know, I, one of the most interesting players in the league this year to me, and and not even just this year, but I think last couple of years has been Jakob Pertl, who mm-hmm. he's played for a couple different teams now. He's with the team now that's in the middle of a rebuild. That frankly. At this point, I think we're all of the opinion like anybody could potentially be on the table after we saw them trade DeJounte Murray, who mm-hmm. normally would be the kind of guy you would build around. Um, so if you're not and you're 
you know, you're trading him away for the sorts of assets they got back. Jakob Pertl could be had, mm-hmm. presumably. He's been one of the best uh, rim protectors in the league for a while. He's been scoring a little bit better this year. I think he had a 30-point game, 30-some-point game last week. Um, he's an efficient player. I mean, he, he does have flaws. He can't shoot free throws. Um, you know, there are probably certain types of centers in the league that could take advantage of him. But just the fact that um, I think, you know, some of the problems that we've talked about with Denver, uh, or I'm sorry, some of the problems we were talking about with Miami in terms of the way that if you play them a certain way and force them to rotate a certain way mm-hmm. and kind of throw multiple passes or kind of swing the ball and Jokic comes up as high as he does defensively. Jokic is a much better defender than he's been given credit for in the past. I think now we're kind of at a point are, where maybe it's gone in the other direction. Yeah, but there are um, also matchups that are bad for him, like Golden it, State. Yeah, exactly. And so, with that in mind, I kind of wonder if Pirtle's the sort of big that you could probably mm. play with Jokic, but mm. also the kind of big that could back him up. Um, I mean, again, I think Pirtle would cost a decent amount now compared to two years ago. He probably could have been had for, you know, if you go back and look, I think he was part of that Kawhi trade at this point. Yeah. So he's been, he's been, uh, you know, in San Antonio for a while now, but he, I think his perception of a player as a player has improved. And I, I do wonder what it would take to get him. But I think a player like him could really fit that team. I also don't think that, uh, DeAndre Jordan is going to be, you know, a guy that you really want to run out there too, too much in the playoffs. So I think that for that reason, Pirtle could be a player that would make a lot of sense for them. I also think that they might, you know, be another wing player, you know, having another solid wing player as part of their rotation could be helpful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say that um, DeAndre Jordan did not exactly make my piece about Denver's offseason. <laughs> Even though I know that someone <laughs> they were excited to bring in and I think he's had, I do think in ways he's probably looked better in Denver than he has in some of his last other few stops. He has. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's interesting. I, I do think that Pirtle, you hear his name attached to a lot of contenders, and rightfully so. He's one of the more underrated centers in the league. Absolutely could work for them defensively. I mean, he'd be immediately be the best backup center in the league, I think. It's like him and Hartenstein um, <laughs> dueling it out for that, but I think and you mentioned I mean, the beauty of Jokic is he can really play next to a variety of bigs. You don't have to worry about spacing. I don't think you have to worry about your offense as much. Um, he's absolutely someone who I think could play alongside him. So I think that's very interesting if they were looking for a size, uh, more size or a different look. Um, yeah, I, I'm just excited. I'm glad that they re- they very clearly recognized what they needed in the offseason. I thought it was interesting Calvin Booth saying – He's like, the formula is not complicated. He's like, it's copycat league. And it's like, he's right. It's like, you need shooting and defense around your stars. And you need, and you just need those guys to have shooting and defense in a way that fits around your best players, right? So the Bucs, they have shooters, they have defenders, but, you know, they might need more ball handling next to Giannis so he can be setting screens. You look at the Warriors, they need shooting and defense, but they need guys who know how to move the ball and cut and play in a motion offense that's not, you know, standing in a quarter waiting for a mm-hmm. pass. And I think the Nuggets were like, we need guys who are ready. To, they're, they're catch and shoot, second best catch and shoot team in the league. It's like we need guys who are ready to, you know, play off Joker um, exactly. and, and defend, you know, make up for some of his defensive limitations. And I think that they've 
they've done a better job of that this year than in the past. It was part of what made to me like I still say I know I said this that week of free agency and I'm, I would still stand by it. I think he was the most sensible signing mm-hmm. value signing that I saw in the entire league during the offseason because if you wanted to roll the dice on the idea that his shooting was real as far as the improvements that we saw last year okay that that was a worthwhile gamble on its own maybe but just the idea of fitting your personnel someone that is just a devastating cutter and a really smart player who kind of fits into these crevices and kind of you know back cuts teams that aren't paying enough attention i mean somebody like that playing with Jokic is just can have a field day and has had a field day with that offense. Um, and that's not to even mention the idea that he um, can handle a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. probably not someone you want really as your primary guy, but um, can defend the way that he does and for a team that desperately needed more defense, um, particularly with, with uh, Michael Porter and, and Jamal Murray coming back, you needed that. So it's uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that they've looked solid. Um, I don't think that mission is accomplished yet, you know, and I don't yeah. think they would say that either, but um, they're, they're intriguing. And uh, this is what you were hoping for. If you were Denver's to at least be in that conversation as a team, a quarter of the way, halfway through the season to kind of at least allow you to figure out how in this are we uh, as far as how we look and, and where we're at. And Murray has certainly started to come around and, and, you know, and Michael Porter, obviously, always has that jump shot, you know, yeah. regardless of how much he's struggling on defense. So they're, they're looking the part. Um, and I, I'm curious to see what happens now as we yeah. get through the last parts of the season. We know MPJ loves certain shots. Um, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> wow. Took me a second, me a second to catch that. We, we love certain uh, yeah. shots. We know there are other ones he doesn't yeah. like as much. Selective. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm high on this Nuggets team as I always am. Um, and shout out to their front office because I think that they recognize the improvements that need to be made. And even if they're a move or two away, like their willingness, um, you know, I'm sure it was not easy training a guy like Monte Morris or, you know, they've moved Gary Harris in the past, but I think they've taken the right swings uh, at making the team. And I think the West is wide open. While, while the West is wide open, that closes today's episode. I don't know if that, I don't know if that segue fully works. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, brother. Mm. Wow. No. Even if even if that doesn't close today's episode, that should close today's. That was horrible. <laughs> that was rough. That, wow. that rough. That rough. Bad. That was as bad as me not picking up on the Michael Porter Jr. Him liking shots or disliking. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that for like two minutes. That that was equally bad. I'm sorry. All right. I'm glad that we both had major, most awkward, and uncomfortable mistakes on this podcast. Chris, that'll do it for today's episode. Always great to chop it up with you, my man. Uh, shout out to our producer, Shelby. We will try to get you guys a Rip City Royston report soon. I know people have been clamoring for it. In the emails, please keep your emails coming. Open for mail at gmail.com. And until the next episode, please continue to enjoy the NBA season. Whoa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix finder only at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.